And welcome back, everyone. This is The Refresh Point. My name is Ben, and as always, I'm joined by my constant co-host, Steve. How's it going? Had a good week. How about yourself? You know, I just came back from uh, about a week-long trip to California for Anime Expo. And uh, I'm tired as hell, but we're here to record a podcast. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> it was a bit It was a bit lonely last week. I had a week off. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about all that and more uh, in just a second. Because uh, the Bushiroad Summer Conference came and went without an IMA ban announced. Uh, everyone holding on to their early copies uh, from AI Expo just a few days ago, like it's their life's blood. Some community tier lists came out that we can probably make fun of and or agree with. Uh, because free content is truly the best content. We wouldn't have content without it. <laughs> and finally, Steve has been cooking his Master of the Elements list along with the rest of the deck chefs and will present his arguments before us today. So, shuffle your decks, tap or cut, and we'll get right into the refresh point with some breaking news. Uh, regionals! It's time. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> we took the whole summer off. We've been playing casually, uh, but now we know <sighs> when we get to stop playing casually. Uh, it's September. Turns out uh, <laughs> by, by the end of July, I'm guessing uh, it will be no more fun. And back to, we, we will find the spike corner and we will bury our face into it because it is regional time. It's regionals time, baby. We have dates announced at the time of recording for uh, in NA. Uh, this is a North American podcast, generally. Uh, for, what is it? Duluth, New York, quote-unquote. It's in freaking White Plains. No one would call White Plains New York. Why do they keep doing this? First Duluth, now White Plains? They had it in Manhattan already, dude. Like, just... Just... Just stay there. Uh, Ontario and Richmond in Canada. Uh, Mexico, I believe in Mexico City. Uh, it just says Mexico. Yeah. I don't uh, I don't know why they would I have do no that idea either. Maybe they don't know. <laughs> no, there's like a there's like a there's an address. There's a city, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's that's downtown Mexico City. Okay. Um, Rosemont, Anaheim. Now uh, that was all completely out of order, but those are the places so far. I really need to see a Houston date and uh, location and time, but uh... it means that um, they're all they always do multiple waves of announcements when it comes to these. So if you don't have one that's really close to you, do not freak out. This is not the time. Um, the the initial wave of announcements for events is never the final list of events. Um, now my worry, my actual worry is, they're gonna do what they did last year and just be like, hey, so Houston, it's actually in a month now. It's in August. Have fun. <laughs> uh, that would be really awkward if they did that. So yeah, let's hope yeah. they don't do that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. September looks pretty booked out. 
I guess October's got slots open. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> I think the 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 regions that typically have uh these type of events that don't have one announced yet, it seems likely to me at this point that those would be scheduled in the back half of the schedule. Um, or at least in the middle of the schedule. They will not be like right at the front of the schedule, hopefully. Um, I will say rest in piss Europe and uh, AO y'all don't y'all have less info somehow than we do it's uh it's kind of cringe uh, yeah um, good luck on that one <laughs> it certainly seems like uh yeah it's a little strange but yeah. Europe uh has had struggled with uh with their Bushi Road events for a while now so maybe not too surprising but mm. not great yeah not great but yeah, we have them announced. Worlds will be in Japan. It yeah. will be in February, actually. So not only is Guilty Gear, with its actual release date, finally announced, they couldn't be arsed to show any actual card effects yet, but, you know, it's fine. <laughs> you can play it at Worlds. I can play it at Worlds if I make it there. Yeah. Ideally. Um, you can also play Spycross Family at Worlds, because... Unless it's in the first week, yeah. No, even... Wouldn't that still be, like, two weeks after Spycross? So, it comes Isn't out that... January 26th? Oh, 26th. Okay, I thought it was 16th. I, I, missed, I missed one digit. Alright. Yeah, it would actually... It would actually be really funny if it was just barely not, but we didn't know until, like, a month before... It's uh, uh. <laughs> it's good to have release dates for some of these things that uh, that we've been waiting on, that we've been uh, anticipating. Yeah. So um, we know what to get Ben for Christmas. Good yeah. news all around. Yeah, yeah. All all of the May OFRs or SVs, whatever rarity they make her cards, you know, just that. <laughs> Although I will say they did they did. Um, release the the rarity kind of pool and yes. it's a lot there's yes. a bunch of OFRs and SPs and there's a secret sign by our lord and savior Daisuke Ishiwatari <laughs> um, yeah I was interested about that usually when you have a set that isn't going to have actual character signs you know like uh, who's going to sign the SPs right Right. Um, so they'll probably have some kind of stamped looking similar so they to do the have stamps yeah. yeah yeah um so they've shown off some of the stamps that are doing for the king of fighters remake oh yeah that's and right so yeah, yeah. it'll probably look something like that which is very cool um oh oh uh dude the maze stamp is just gonna be a charge input hopefully it's the jellyfish pirate symbol that would be cool yeah yeah um, no it's both you get the jellyfish pirate symbol and the charge input for a dolphin yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, Soul, uh, Soul gets like a like a dragon install. Well, no, because he doesn't actually have install and strive, but maybe Kai's can get the dragon install input. That'd yeah, be pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> who knows? But what I will say is that OFRs are uh, are common in in situations like this mm -hmm. where you have you don't have actual SPs. They'll usually they did this with Alicization and Kobayashi as well. Yeah, where they juice the set with some OFRs, which is nice. But, I like but the interest, great. Yeah, but the interesting thing is the set has both, right? Yeah. Technically, well, it has all three all three because right. you have the hot stamps, yeah. you have some OFRs, yeah. which 
on the the soul and the Kai arts that have been revealed probably look pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, and we have Daisuke yeah. signing a card. Yeah, I, I'm guessing that's gonna be an event of some kind. If I if I know if my spider sense is tingling in the right way here, uh -huh. because it's the creator of the game, right? Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be some kind of like. Uh, burst event or something who knows dude but i'm gonna be so goddamn poor if my case doesn't have the secret i'm just gonna be like well depends on how strong it is oh true true <laughs> if it's weak uh but would they make the secret that week copium ask the yellow alicization secret oh what is it wait there's a yellow alicization? Oh, the, the one <laughs> okay. from the from the anniversary What's the yellow secret? I didn't know there was one! <laughs> the Asuna one, it's like feeding but worse. Oh. It's like, uh... Oh. You get to... It doesn't go to memory. You pay one, and you get to salvage, and then you reveal the top, and if it's level one or higher, it goes to stock. Oh. Uh. There's a reason you haven't seen it. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, instead of getting the Alicization Mask Clone... Uh-huh. You could get that. Isn't oh, that fun? Oh, <laughs> wow. Well, there's only one secret, so hopefully it's good, but I guess it'd be better for my wallet if it wasn't. <laughs> um, speaking of killing my wallet, I did go to Anime Expo, and I did buy all of the Arxis stuff that I could have ever wanted to buy. Yeah, how was your trip? This is your first uh, AX, right? This is my right? first AXpo. So the line experience, you know, is pretty pretty extensive right but we got there on our first day where we were taking care of most of our exclusive shopping we got there at like five in the morning and then we were able to get in with like reasonable speed and i sped ran to the arxis booth the second it opened and i was inexplicably in line behind six other people and that was the shortest line I was at. <laughs> I'm about to replay this whole scenario um, when I go to Gen Con later this year. Nice. Because yeah, yeah. it's Real the sick. exact same scenario where oh, it's like, oh, oh, there's the one thing you can go to yeah. in the time that it opens, and it has to be the most important thing that you have. Yeah. And you rush over there really quick, yeah. buy it, because as soon as as soon as the, the rest of people get to the, it, it's gone. Yeah, I got the, the holographic cover vinyl for the Guilty Gear soundtrack that they had there. Strive? No, it's it's uh, it's a compilation of multiple. Nice. So you get songs from across the franchise. That's amazing. Yeah. We love to see it. Yeah. And I got, <laughs> funnily enough, I got a second May hoodie because properly to cosplay May, the hoodie should be oversized. And the one that I had originally gotten like was like a perfect fit. Sure. And so I was just like, we're going to... We're at A Expo. I'm here to be ignorant. Let's be ignorant. <laughs> My it's favorite a... part about this whole thing <laughs> is the commitment to excellence for this cosplay. <laughs> if you're not carrying a real anchor, don't talk to me. <laughs> True. Uh, but I got that. I got the Bridget Bomber jacket and uh, the May button-up shirt. Uh... Did I get another jacket? No, I don't think so. But I, I got some mats. I got some stuff for some other people that wanted uh, Arxis stuff. Yeah, I mean... The classic, you know, shopping trip for every, for all the homies. Yeah, yeah hats yeah. off salute from all of us who wanted stuff from AX and got it because you guys are committed. 
Chef's yeah. kiss, 10 mm. out of 10, no notes. <laughs> no, and uh, I got this this jacket that I'm wearing, and actually this entire outfit. You, I, on, you, you will all never understand exactly what I'm referencing. <laughs> but if you're happy, I'm happy. <laughs> I got some, I, it was, I, I oh, sorry. The joke is, this is the most expensive fashion and yaoi trip that I've ever been on because I also got some like BL games that happened to be there and and that was that was what I was and that was what I got well um, <laughs> the reason I've never gone to AX is mostly because I feel like I would be bored after a few days like I would uh -huh. buy everything I would want to buy yeah and then after that I'm like I I just I, I I don't, you know, I'm not. Super, I kind of felt that. To I'm be not fair, super into yeah. music, the music of like that, you know, the concerts and mm -hmm. like panels and stuff like that. You mean you wouldn't have gone to the Hollow Live concert? I mean, not that I wouldn't have gone, but like it's one of those <laughs> things. It's like it's not a, it's not like a, like a peak enjoyment activity. Right. Like I right. like, I love hanging out with the homies. Obviously, if we're all going to a concert, let's do it. But, um, I just, yeah. I'll have to go one of these years just to gauge it for myself, but it's also just a super long trip. You guys were gone for like almost a week. Nah, I well, I was gone for like a week plus because I went earlier. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. But like Thursday to Wednesday, that's a long trip. Uh, isn't that what people went Friday? Friday, they went? Friday, okay. Friday, or I guess they also went almost a week because it was Friday to Thursday. Yeah. Because we went to the Demon Dice concert. That's right. That's end. right. Yeah. Yeah. Which was which was sick. It was pretty. It was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, it was very funny going to the Bushiro demos, uh, being like, "Yep, I'm here to demo Weiss Schwartz." <laughs> Please sure let they're... this end so I can get the Guilty Gear promo. <laughs> I'm sure that they are like more no, than a little aware. No, no, like they, they're fully aware. But the the neat thing was actually that wasn't the case because in my demos I actually paired into somebody that wanted to try Weiss Schwartz, and like the staff were clearly a little overwhelmed. By how many people they were having to teach white shorts at once and so i was just there like all right buddy i know how to play wise i got talk. you yeah let's talk yeah you know like and so all of my demos were like all right friend this is how we play wise you're gonna take that card you're gonna clock it you're gonna draw some cards and then you're gonna swing some cards and this is what we're gonna do <laughs> And then I would like speed through my entire turn and be like, all right, now we're back to your turn. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure they appreciated the help because when you're getting like completely overrun with people, anything uh -huh. helps. But, uh, oh, but the, the actual worst demo experience was the Shadowverse one because they scripted it fully for like four or five turns. Nice. It was literally like, hello everybody and welcome to the Shadowverse demo. One of you is the Forestcraft player and one of you is the Swordcraft player. Now will the Erica player begin their turn by pushing the play points up to four and four because we, we sped it up a little bit. And then you're gonna play Quick Blader from your hand oh, to man. the field and move one play point down. 
Now then, creatures normally have summoning sickness, but Quickblader has storm. So now you can engage it to hit the Aresa's face for one. And then you'll pass your turn. <laughs> Uh, I guess I can appreciate that from like a teachability perspective. Like you don't feed them. To, it's not like drinking from a hose. Yeah, yeah, but, for sure. But like, yeah, when like especially, for four turns, bro, that's that's probably a little too long. It was like four turns of like definitely plays that no human would ever make type thing. Yeah, you know? and and also most much more so than the Weiss demos most of the Shadowverse demos were like people who played Shadowverse sure and yeah because the game's <laughs> been out forever yeah uh, and so like we're all just sitting there like oh wow I played a quick later and hit face that's so crazy the swordcraft player hitting face that I couldn't imagine <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I played the phone game for a little bit, um, yeah, yeah. and so I'm kind of familiar with it. But uh, it, it didn't really. It, it wasn't wasn't really my game out of the gate. We'll see uh, how it evolves. For me, it evolves. But <laughs> but for me, it's it's actually just the physical TCG difference. Uh, not to spend too much time talking about not wise, but it it's a. It's really a fun game for me personally to play, like in person, in comparison to the online game, which is kind of weird conceptually. I think in general, people yeah. people enjoy card games more in person mm -hmm. um, because there is the. It's like fighting games in that sense, where it's like there's the tactile. Yeah, there's a tactileness to it, but it's it. also like your opponent's right, right in front of you. Yeah, yeah. And like you get to watch their reactions, you get to see their the way they move, the way they oh, look. Oh. And the the best part about it is that they have fully voiced taunts in the companion. Oh app. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody in our local showed that to me. Oh one, yeah. One yeah. of the twins showed that to me, and I yeah, was like. I'm you are joking. This I, is... I'm literally going to play every Shadowverse game like this. Because... So you can hear it. Uh, you can... It's it's the app to keep track of your play points and your life points. But you also get taunts. I will strike you down. I will strike you down. I end my turn. My turn. <laughs> you get all of that. I just if you scan in the higher rarity cards with an NFC phone, you get more taunts. Fully voiced. Alright, well that locks it in. Uh, I will not be playing Shadow <laughs> under any circumstance. Alright. Let's talk about white shorts now. I hate yeah, this game. Yeah, let's talk about wise. Um last thing uh from like recent recent happenings for fun. Relive did come out. I did get my case, and because the faithful are definitely always rewarded, I did pull the Mahiru SP <laughs> and the Trouble Rare Climax. So yeah, for it's, context, this set has like 24 SPs. It's 24 SPs. Now we, I think we thought that it was only gonna have two uh, when it when we were thinking it was gonna come out. It actually had four, which you know ups the odds a little bit, but still. Yeah, I mean... Very nice. Uh, yeah, congratulations on that. We'd love to see it. Um, so, if you if you are one of the three people that bought Review Starlight Relive and you pulled a Mahiru SP, 
you can hit me up on Facebook. I'm in the Weiss Shorts Global Community Group. Feel free to comment <laughs> on this video with Feel your- Feel free to comment on this video with some way of contact so that you can sell me a Mahiru. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, because I'm guessing that the market for that's pretty limited considering I was looking- Dude, the SPs are already listed for 75 for some of them. Dollars? Yes. That's good. Yeah, it's great. Now, Mahir is one of the only quote-unquote good SPs in the set, so I assume it'll be more than 75, but, uh, you know. Yeah, I'll say this. I didn't see anyone selling this set on the Discord, which is not a good sign. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't look extensively on Facebook, but... There was one guy, and I already bought his climaxes off of him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> when a set comes out and nobody says one word about it, that's not a good sign. Hey, I said one word about it. Yes. I said a few words. That's true. <laughs> and we'll talk about it more in the next episode, but Slime 3 is incoming. And yeah. we will discuss that pretty extensively when it's out. But for now, let's hop into the spike corner. We can't stay away. We're in the spike corner all the time. Yeah. You know, all these other segments after the spike corner rotate, but we're tryhards. We're we're spiking every day. Yeah. We're out here. You're just never going to be able to dissuade me out of the spike corner. So a few small bookkeeping things. Uh, new time rules. They've been reverted. Last season, it was if you go to turns and then nobody wins, you get a double loss. Slow players be damned. However, this year, we've now returned to clock comparison at end of turns and so slow players unite unfortunate yeah um that that's my exact feelings on the matter if i can be completely honest i hate it um this rewards slow play it, it's a minor reward the game is becoming very explosive in the end game anyway so it's to be f yeah like, it's unlikely that this will unlikely, be a but... significant effect but what i will say is that in the back of your mind now if you go to time and then you go to turns and you see yourself with a significant lead the urge to slow play will be there i'm not saying that people will give in to slow play you know or that there'll be more slow play than there already is people like to some players play faster than others that's that's just how weiss is or that's how our card games are some people like to um, be more deliberate but if there happens to be a slower paced game the fact that it rewards one player over the other because of the nature of like the whose turn it is or whether they blocked the turn before or whatever uh -huh. i i don't like that at all like part of having the double loss in there is to encourage players to play aggressively now you've removed the incentive to play aggressively and in fact added an incentive to play less aggressively so we'll see how that turns out um hopefully it doesn't matter but practically i can guarantee at least one regional top eight or higher match will be decided by this and that the player who wins from it or loses from it will not feel good about it because it it's not a it, it's just not a good way to set up your tournament it's it, you shouldn't incentivize slow play yeah and Another thing that I feel like we shouldn't incentivize is uh, abusing some uh, misaligned design intentions. Uh, 
However, they did not ban IMA in the summer conference. Just, uh, just broadcast. Yeah. And, and what's worse is that they pre-banned Uma Musume in the in the fucking Shadowverse game, they're like, oh yeah, we took a look at the set and it, it came out pretty broken and you guys don't have those sets yet, so we're gonna pre-ban the good cards in that set. And it's like, in the same presentation? Really? <laughs> um, so, it's one of those things where that set's far enough away to where they can just take it out of the print and like be done with it. Yeah. Um. I'm not worried about this yet. We're still... We're still a little ways away, yeah. to be fair. Yeah. And so I'm going to give Bushiroad at least the benefit of the doubt for a little while. But I kind of need a week of talk about IMA. Yeah. Because if the set releases and nobody says anything, and then a week goes by and they still don't say anything... I'm gonna get real scared because I I've got my Lunar New Year's in a deck box. Yeah, we're, <laughs> the the reality is is that the release of the set only preempts the tournament season by like a month, three to four weeks. Yeah, so if they don't say anything pretty quickly around the release time, everybody's gonna get real scared. And the regionals that are coming up early in the season, um, Duluth. Yeah. Uh, Ontario, I think. Not Duluth. It's uh, Rosemont. It's Rosemont. Ontario, Rosemont, White Plains. Yeah. Those people that are going to those events need to be concerned. Because I'm not saying that this deck can't be beat. All I'm saying is that it's not very fun to play against. And it's very difficult to prepare for. Like, there's nothing you can put in your deck that's going to deal with this. It's just like... the it it becomes a, a more like a heavily weighted coin flip and that's just not a feels good for for anyone that's that's looking to play the game competitively it would suck to see worlds invites rewarded for for this sort of like deck building so i i, I think they will i think they will say something the week of release but if they don't it'll, it'll be a real tragedy for the competitive scene. You know, we're planning on going to Rosemont. Yes. As far as I know. And so, a little entertainment of the idea. If it's legal, and we go to Rosemont, what climaxes do you think are correct? <sighs> you can jam it in anything. Yeah. It'll just work. Yeah. You need blue at level one, to be fair. But other than that, it's like, um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a bit complicated at that point, like trying to optimize something that is basically, uh, a heavy gambit mid-range strategy. Mm -hmm. But like, do you optimize for the fail case? I guess. Yeah. I, I think that you, or do you optimize for like trying to make it as consistent as possible i think you yeah obviously you can't fail because you're not going to have an early game like this is going to eat your level one climax to do sure. the, to do this strategy sure so after that right you're you need to optimize for like winning the game in the late game well i mean you could do like 
a one combo before sacking everything and sure it's from a climax perspective though is the issue um so i don't you know um there there was some discussion about how to build this in japan and the japanese players put together a number of builds that were all good they jammed it into everything um so yeah they jammed it into literally everything it could work with a bunch of stuff yeah that i i think is all reasonable Mm. um like if you played it with gura then why not I mean, yeah. that's the type of finisher that doesn't need a lot of help in the late game. If your opponent's already three, they're pretty much dead. Yeah. Fair. So, um, so if Gura feels two, very tempting. Yeah. And then you kind of unify the color scheme of the deck. Yeah, because you want the blue anyway. It's blue-blue, and then you get a bunch of the good blue level one cards, like the Aqua. The oh, and then you get Ina, too. Ina, yeah. So you can just you, keep plusing yeah, to as well. Re- yeah, yeah, it keeps the engine going and uh-huh. keeps you from, like, running out of steam. Um... And then, yeah, Splash Yellow for um, Matsuri, for um, yeah, the yeah. Sheep, um, yeah, yeah. you know, the, the good stuff from set one, um, all that. You can just run the, the what's her name? The one Obeyed Stormer. Yeah, Iroha. Iroha, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, Blue-Yellow sounds completely reasonable. I also think that, I mean, you could run this with Marine. You could yeah. run this with Sora. Yep. You can run this with damn near anything. Oh, yeah. And dude, Sora would be hilarious. Well, yeah, because it's like level one, clobber you. Level two, put the stranglehold on. Yeah. And then you can't move or breathe, and you yeah. just die. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, well, that was a fun game. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I love facing t- bar two souls. <laughs> but yep. uh, we'll see. doesn't even have to be bar two soul at that point. You might, You might as well just like... You could just send it, and then, oh, you could send it on the standby bar, because you have six swings to get to a fucking standby, and then just trigger standby for the two one. It feels like that's the weakest case for it, because kind of the attractiveness of the of this of this package is dealing a whole bunch of damage that's fair, early that's in the fair. game. That's if you fair. try to run it with standby, it'll be scuffed. That's fair. I think that's, that's the fair. only thing it doesn't work with, is mm. uh, you want to be able to like slam a jam them for twos or threes true, true and so true. like in deck one the chance of you eating those type of damage numbers is really high and so even if it's not threes even if you decide that lunar new year is too risky and you want to run something like bar bar or uh pants or pants choice or, or bar door yeah like you could yeah or yeah you can run this with marine you can run this a lot of ways yeah um i think it's better if you run it with more blue obviously because it it makes the whole thing easier to pull off but realistically it, it can work in a lot of decks and i just i hope i don't want to i don't want to have that discussion i don't want to have it um my my opinions on i am are well well understood at this point um so let's let's hope that uh, the the week of release is accompanied with uh, oh by the way that's banned. Kind of so, like they did they kind of did the same thing with Batman. If they I did. recall correctly, they did. Yeah. They did. Well, let's talk about some of the other meta shit. Nito and Alice, hooray! It's still here. Yeah. Um, Surprise to no one. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, <laughs> You know, we're, and Gura, we've that been you t- mentioned as well. Yeah, we're if we're looking top. at the regional meta, um, you basically there's going to be a chunk of regionals where Overlord is not legal. That's true. And then there's going to be a chunk of regionals where it is legal. So if you're in the chunk that's been announced already, that's not Overlord legal. So basically anything before um, September 15th, then um, 
then you get to dodge that, right? So those matchups that are unfavorable against Overlord, you can jam those. Um, so we're still, you're gonna have to deal with Hall Live at every release, uh, yeah. or at, at every event. Um, and it's gonna be all manner of Hollow Live forms. Yeah, uh, I think when we talk about Hollow Live, we're talking mostly about Gura, but um, I do actually agree with the way the, the community tier list is structured on that point for Hollow Live of just like Gura on top, Kanata Marine, also you know pretty close, and then yeah, other variants just kind of just below. Yeah, I think that it's just consistent enough. Yeah, the the problem with so there's some there's some good strategies against this. Um, when we're talking about standby Gura, the big thing that they have is it's kind of similar to a two souls deck in the sense that every single card in the entire deck pretty much has a trigger. So hitting for three with climaxes is going to be a real thing, or two with standbys is going to be a real thing. So that deck is going to be able to pump damage um, in a way that few decks are able to. Um, but really um, kind of questionable deck speed uh, because they don't really have a level one combo. Their combo is a back row. The standby combo is a back row combo that kills the climax to search. Um, so deck does not move cards very well. Um, so you can attack it from that perspective. You can try and like race them basically. But the other thing is that there's an interesting, there's some interesting counterplay around Gura because odds are if they want to try and if they're behind and they need to wombo you with a bunch of Guras, they're going to stand by this thing into the back because it's too dangerous to put it in the front. Standbying it to the back leaves some room for some counterplay. If you're playing a set that has, let's say, on play freeze. Maybe I'm playing Don Machi. And that Gura can't attack forever because I will paralyze it in the back and I will use torches to make sure I can do it. Or if you're playing, let's say, a different version of Hollow Live deck, how about like Eight Pants Suisse? If you try to put Guras in the back, I will blow them all up. Or I will shuffle them to the front and kill them. So there's. Early punches? Yeah. Just, so there's. Just target anyway? Correct. Downgrade? Um, yes, downgrade. Yeah. These are all good tools. The main thing is that, like, you shouldn't try to tank this thing. Yeah. Like, we gotta try to answer. You're not gonna, you're not gonna, if they drop the combo three times, you're gonna die. That's, that's what's gonna happen. Actually, let us know if you lived it. Video yeah. evidence. Yeah, yeah. If you have video evidence of living Triple Gura, then, uh, great. Yeah. But, Sh show us, I'll send see you a t shirt. Yeah. I, uh, like we, I, I've made some meme designs of I triple canceled Marine and all I got was this t-shirt. Yeah. And the same thing with Triple Itsuki. If you live Triple Gura, I'll send you a t-shirt free of charge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think that's absolutely spot on because even with something like, let's say the money counter where you can negate the Gura auto. I mean, we're still got a hundred packets coming in down on you and yeah. I mean, it's good to, stopping any damage is good. We're not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and say stopping damage is no good. But what I'm saying is that when you're looking down the barrel of like, what is likely to be four, 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 two, 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 and then six ones. It ain't looking great. Yeah, like <laughs> it, 
negating one four negating one four is good but i mean this is it's it's just a lot it's just a lot of damage it, the tap counter works a lot better yeah yeah so unironically hollow live is well positioned to beat itself yeah it really is because they guradex will be running the tap counter true because hey, if you're if you're an old holdover and you're still playing uh ggo alternative or re-zero for the anti-burn ones maybe yeah maybe <laughs> maybe you, know, you can live maybe. or perhaps uh who if you success, if you as the GGO alternative player successfully again coin flip for the ability to cancel burn one. Uh, also, I'm I'm like pretty sure that somebody didn't a team in Europe uh, place with Log Horizon. True, the Log Horizon support prevents all auto damage. Oh, sick! So wait, oh, all? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Hey. So. Hey, that's, yo. <laughs> if you can manage to navigate the rest of the field successfully, <laughs> there's a number of decks that that Shiro will absolutely shit on. <laughs> hey, man, if you can, you know, figure out Nino and like every other standby deck ever and like. I don't know how you get there. But you if know, you get there. Slimes board and Alice and all that good stuff. I mean, they they top four that with the three power upsets. Yep. So it can it can happen to you. Yeah. Uh, what a nightmare <laughs> that would be. Yeah, you sit down oh. and they flip that shit over, and you're just like, oh man. You said no. What? <laughs> <laughs> you just be like, well, I gotta head out. <laughs> So, um, yeah, right. we're, we're looking at a dramatic increase in power in the meta by adding um, slime. It's so funny if somebody actually managed to make the Log Horizon deck tech work, actually. Uh, yeah, it, it's it, it's definitely not easy to, to, to navigate. Yeah, yeah. But I'll, maybe I'll play it in locals to annoy the crap out of people <laughs> on the Hall Live release tape. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um... We're getting, we're adding a huge amount of power to the format. We, you know, um, we're gonna have the quince, uh, we're gonna have whole live, and we're gonna have. You know, just slime. a quick reminder, if you don't know what's coming down the pipe for quince, uh, Nino got better. It just got strict, strictly buffed. Yeah. Right. You got more filter tools and checking top two on literally every single attack, so yep. that you can trigger more standbys or not. Yep. Um, Itsuki got strictly better, got a strictly better finisher to burn three. Scry two after the burn three, yep. uh, or Mocha yeah, two. Yeah, Mocha two, and then better removal tools, better, uh, I mean, a, a, like a memory search? anti early, yeah. uh, a tutor for the one combo that then becomes pay one, stack self, two sigs, just to salvage another thing. Might as well. Yep, and then a 2-1 uh, that has the permanent removal, the, you know, on reverse, yeah. ditch the yeah, top yeah, of the yeah. clock, and then, oh, by the way, also tutors for doors. Any yeah. door? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, grab yeah. one. Just grab a door. What if you didn't have a door? Well, now you do. Uh, who's the, who's the choice trick? Ichika? Ichika. Yeah. What if you had, on attack, scry the top two? Across the whole board. Yep. At level two. Yep. And it pluses you, by the way. This is a plusing early play combo. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's really sad. Um, we have a local who plays um, Yotsuba, and that deck is very good. Yeah. And it's just sad to think about that it's this- It's not better this may than, be, any, than the rest of them. It may be the second best memory deck in the format. Yotsuba, Yeah. Uh, only uh, in terms of qu memory quantity, True. only, it does. It only does. Saikano is better. Yeah, yeah. And this is literally the fourth best Quint deck. That's how powerful the Quint set is is there are three other decks that are just strictly better than this deck that builds like eight memory and their level one combo is on attack check like seven yeah and add anything it's, yep it's just and and the yotsuba finisher lets you burn two twice one without a climax one with the climax and if you didn't manage to kill them Let's just jam this other bar and spawn three Icy Tail finishers. That's the fourth best Quint deck. The deck that does all that. And it's just unreal how long and how often this deck has been at the top of the meta. Oh, like, shout out, shout out to, what is it? Shout out to Hugh, Miku still sucks. Yeah. <laughs> That deck, that's the only character that has been consistently bad the whole time. Sorry. You hate to, you hate to see it. But um, oh, that's, man. I mean, this deck has been at the top of the meta for, for over, well over a year. Yeah. And it's not getting any worse. It's only getting better with every set that comes out. So we have the unrestricted, or we have the minorly restricted version of that. We don't have the full JP restrict, but yeah, heads yeah. up, if this thing wins two regionals, I promise it will. I promise yeah, that Restrict yeah. will be coming down and there will be no more Nino. And honestly, I couldn't be more excited. Then we have Hall Alive. We all know about it. We're going to end up talking ourselves in circles about Hall Alive for the rest of our Alice, lives. We don't need to talk about Alice anymore. No, everybody's familiar. You've been you've been blasted by that deck in your local. Like yeah, it, yeah. you just have. And then um, for the second third or for the for the for the second half or, or two thirds of the season, um, we'll have Overlord. Uh, oh which is boy. supremely unfun to play against. Hopefully you weren't trying to play Minus Souls or build boards or do anything like that because uh, that ain't gonna happen. And repeated level one... Goodbye. And repeated burn ones for maximum fun. Yeah. And uh, and then Slime 3, um, the most fair deck that wins Weiss tournaments all the time because it just does a whole bunch of really good things. Turns out, if deck good, deck do good. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy to think about um, that. It has like the best off finishing package that I can think of. Like, you're just like, what if I just had, you know, minimum burn one, maximum burn four. We just spin the wheel. We'll probably hit something good. And then if I don't like any of that, and this still, and it heals. If I don't like any of that, this one burns four and then on cancel burns one and then swings so that's three packets in a card yeah they have a lot of ways to approach the game that are all very reasonable and yield very good outcomes and the thing of it is is that they're cheap they're cheap ways to win the game so their typical strategy of i will just block you down after deck one is alive and well they won't build as much memory as they did before because of the nature of how the new deck is going to change and we'll talk a lot about that next uh during the next podcast it's going to be on the release the recording of that will be on the release date of slime 3 yeah so we can get a little deeper into that but suffice it to say they're abandoning some of their memory compression to get just a better deck overall 
um, to build tremendous amounts of resources that they will just never spend and just block you down completely. Yeah. I mean, the Murin is great. Murin goes crazy. And, like, the way the finishers are, you could even do the burn... The burn four kills your entire stock on attack. The cost is, like, kill your whole stock after paying two and ditch two. But because of how you're attacking, you can still do that twice. <laughs> yeah. Like... Yeah, and that's the thing, is that if they, if they get the deck refreshed, then killing all the stock doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's like you're going to last a whole nother deck. And so, um, of all the decks that can just block you down and live, this is by far the best of them in terms of Fair Weiss. This and Psychono are the two Fair Weiss decks, where it's yeah. just like very reasonable mechanics, nothing overwhelming, but decks that will block you down in the most frustrating ways possible. Like, if, if everyone's I mean, faced a slime deck... You don't need to memory compress if I just search the deck three times. Yeah, and that's the thing, is that during this last Springfest season, almost everyone, I'm sure, that attended multiple events played a game, they're facing a slime deck, they're refreshing their first deck at, like, 1-0, they've got, like, four memory cards and six stock and a full hand and a full board, and you're like, I'm never dealing damage again, am I? No. No, you're not. And the game ends when they're at 2-2 after casting five early play healers while you're just struggling to do anything to them and they're just poking you relentlessly. It's just, that's just how they win. I don't think you'll block, be able to block down as much with this setup, but you don't care. No, because you, you just, just have way better finishing. You just have way better finishing, way better just like, I'm gonna amass all the resources in the world. Because it turns out, if you just reprint Alice on a bigger body that searches, feels yeah. good. Yeah, and so this is gonna be one of those rare decks that's gonna have a level two combo that they cast at two to derive value at two. Um, which we haven't seen a lot of in Weiss, but traditionally, if a level 2 combo produces enough resources, then it's going to see play. And this is probably the most valuable one of those. And the last one I can think of is probably the Kirito from Alicization. It was like, yeah, on yeah. reverse, we can stock two cards for free of our choosing from the waiting room and then check four and then add a guy, and it's on an 11k. This is on like a... 12k it's a 12 5 base yeah. now you're gonna play a climb uh what is it no it's a 10 5 base yeah we're probably gonna have the back row set up yeah so now i'm at 12 5 yeah. base, and, and it's on pants it's on pants so now it's a 13 5 I'm, I'm way far away it's a 13 5 swinging yeah and so it's stronger than kirito with a better overall package than kirito on a better trigger than kirito so it matches that, up well into Alice. Yeah, if sure. that saw play, then this will see play. They'll have to be careful in, in those matchups because of the power numbers, but generally speaking, a lot of times they're able to just get over. And so um, there's be, more and more decks are entering the format that are going to be able to deal with Alice at two. Like immediately at two, the, the jig is up. And so the more of those decks enter the format, the less overwhelming that deck will feel. So, um, I think that Iski does well against it. I think Nino does well against it. I think Overlord does 
very well against it. I think Slime does okay against it, and I think Hololive does good against it. Hololive will start dealing with that shit at one with Amelia. So we're entering a period of time where Alice players are just going to have to accept the fact that the game isn't going to feel as free because there are a whole bunch of decks entering the format that can deal with that deck and did in Japan. So um, we'll see how that overall affects the meta. The first few tournaments will be really interesting to watch. Yeah. Uh, and that'll be it for the Spike Corner for now. Uh, but there was a set that we didn't talk about that is entering the meta. Uh, it's Avatar, the last airbender. And as, you know, as Sokka Scam 12 or 12 by kind of roams around, we have another deck that Steve over here, along with a few others, has been trying to really master. So, Steve, have you become the master of the elements? Well, is uh, this ambitious deck the master of the elements? We're going to talk about being the master of the elements, which, um, if you've seen the show, it's apparently very hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, once again, I'm drawn in by the allure of a deck that sounds really reasonable, but um, is difficult to pull off. Right. And there's nothing right. I love more than a deck that is never going to be anything better than tier three, but looks like it could do something. Right, right. So, um, so let's talk about Master of the Elements. Let's talk about Master of the so Elements. So what we're talking about is the Aang choice combo from Avatar. If you're not familiar, um, it's heal on play. And then on climax combo with choice, pay one and attack uh, and pitch one on attack. And we're going to uh, mill the top four cards of our deck and based on how many different colors we reveal we perform mechanics so with two colors we get to shuffle two cards back into their deck with three colors we burn three and with four colors we take the top card of their deck and we put it into the clock we do those effects in order mm -hmm. so we really need <laughs> the three yes the four is nice <laughs> if it happens fantastic fantastic every you you want one four right but realistically we have to have the three the two is just whatever but It'll the two happen. and the three together is where the danger comes in with this oh yeah because normally sure. what you see with reshuffle is that um like for example basilica from uh that everyone's probably seen by now from anime anniversary the burn is first and then the shuffle. With Aang, the shuffle is first, and then the burn. What does this mean? If your deck is small, but full of damage cards, I have bad news. You're going to take a lot of damage. Yeah. <laughs> also, the decompressant of two just makes it a lot more likely that you're gonna take some damage. And so that's, there. there's can be sneaky reach there. And so we, this is a very good combo. I like it a lot. Uh -huh. So, but what have we signed ourselves up for? We need to mill three different colors, Steve. Right. We need a four-color deck, right? Yes. Because we're going to need enough cards from every color to where we can make it happen. So, what does that mean? Well, we have to be very choosy about how we put this deck together. So, you have a number of level one combo choices to pick from, and... Uh, but it needs to be somewhat selective. And so the problem with, with that is that two of the combos that you can choose from are not very selective, which is the door combo and the pants combos. The um, So the pants combo is check three, add one, any. 
the door combo is reveal three and then your opponent puts one in your hand you put one on top or up to one on top and the rest go in the waiting room those are good combos door combo really really good in some contexts um and could be good for this deck like it's a choice you could make uh, because you can make triggers happen which is a, kind of a big deal right um but uh, and it also eases one of the pain points of this deck which i will get to in a minute um but suffice it to say the zeros from avatar are dense densely packed into some colors the, the good ones the bad ones are everywhere so um so what's our good colors right so what do we got so we're gonna run the toff combo at level one okay so what we have we, green as one of our main right yellow is the other main right so All the right. good thing about toff is we get to salvage um from a much bigger pool um of cards so this is basically the elizabeth combo from sds just twice you ditch a card you get to do it twice so that'll let you pick up selective pieces that you need uh for whatever the application is that you're going to use them for whether it's deck speed whether it's answering the board you know whatever the other thing that's good about playing the top combo is bar um bar is the climax repeatable combo basically toffs can dig other toffs and you can recombo them repeatedly because bar is the the climax trigger for repeating combos so great we love bar third thing about playing green at level one that's really important there are no good green zeros at all <laughs> except for the brainstorm everything else does not feel good at all so do you play the oversize you know that's the only other green zero that you could even consider playing right and no i'm not playing it the reason why i'm not playing it is twofold one uh, um, we have a lot of green cards already one the brainstorm's green two the bar is green and then both of my level ones are green to kind of oh. unify the level one the, are you I'm playing, playing the, the two slayer, slayer. okay yes. the two so slayer. the level two slayer to answer alice decks is also green so this is another good reason to play green at okay. one Got so it. we have a lot of good reason to play green um, but we just added a whole bunch of green cards to the deck. So four bars, four level one combo, some number of the level two slayer, and then the brain, some number of the brainstorm. That's like 13 to 16 green cards. So we can't have any other green cards because we have to have enough room for all the other cards. So now let's talk about yellow, which is going to be our obvious second highest color. Right. Because we need the Ang three. So we have that. We have the Ang climax, some number of that. Then um, the Climax Swap is also a shuffle in two to give Soul. souls, yeah. right? Climax Swap, very useful in this set. Shuffling in specific cards so that you can mill them with Aang is also absolutely critical to your endgame success, usually. Your deck will not frequently be in a state where you can easily get everything that you need. You will be able to look at the waiting room. Th this deck is not, not fun to play. Um, if you don't want to use your brain during a Weiss game, if you don't want to count, if you don't want to look at your waiting room and like figure out, kind of get a real good idea of what's in the deck, do not play this deck. Because Dude, you need to know your list pretty, pretty goddamn well. Yeah, we got a mill of like three colors, so we gotta make those odds right. Yeah. So shuffling <laughs> in the right cards is really important. So this deck will run more climax swappers than any other deck. Yeah, that exists for Avatar. So. We're gonna run that that's yellow 
All right. Um, what else is yellow? So we have the JC, right? Yes. So the yes. JC gives power on attack, which helps Toph, both Toffs get over whatever they need to get over. And it also helps sustain your hand. Um, and it's another recombo piece. So if I trigger a bar and I have a JC out and I've got the level one, then I can just rebounce the level one, replay the level one, and recombo them again on the follow-up turn. So this is how you sustain your resources if you're playing this deck, because it's just a normal deck. So against Alice, against Standby, against really big shit, it's going to be difficult to maintain the board and maintain your hand. So pieces like the JC that are like on attack, give a character 2k, and then JC during your opponent's turn. Stuff like that is what really helps you sustain your resources in the mid-game. So we've also got that. There are plenty of other yellow cards. That's pretty much the yellow cards that I'm playing. Um, so that's, you know, around 12 cards. Now we have the, the other two colors. So the most easy to figure out color from this point is blue. Because blue has got about three good cards total for this deck. Um, one of them is obvious. So there's a Katara. That what if we can mill five? Yes. The there math becomes go. much better when you mill five. It does. Three it becomes does. nearly certain, and four becomes a lot more likely on mill five. So we have a Katara that that's really all it does. It has some other abilities. I'm not even sure what they are. <laughs> it literally only comes on the board at three. I don't do anything uh, else with it at any other point. It, I mean, it gives your middle position one five. Okay, that's, yeah. And it combos with the Something. with another pants. Yeah. If you want it. I'm sure. <laughs> so center one five uh, is something. Um, and sure. we'll get to that in a bit for, for the reason why. So we're going to run that, obviously. Um, our only early play healer in the entire set yeah. is blue. Yeah. And we're going to need that because some go. games will not go slow. And yeah. we need them to go slow. Yeah. Because we can't win yet. So we need something to jam when we can't win. So we're going to have to run this thing. Then we have the most goaded level zero for the entire deck, which is... Ing, attacking with water. So this is a zero zero five hundred. Okay. What it does is on play we mill three cards, and if they're three different colors, you can just add one to your hand. There we go. Straight up. This is a card I was absolutely convinced would not do anything. It would just be mill three, and, and I was yet. fine with that. I was fine with that because uh -huh. deck speed is a real thing, and getting it for free is rare. So I was like, on play deck speed, fine. I don't care what it does, right? Surprise. It does it something. It just works. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know what the math is, and I've given up trying to figure out why it works. It just works all the time. <laughs> I am consistently blown away by how often it works. When I saw this card on reveal, I was like, this card is never, ever going to work. It'll work one once a game, maybe. This this thing works five times a game sometimes. <laughs> it's absolutely disgusting oh, how often it man. works. So, fantastic. We love picking it up. Every chance I get, if there's nothing else to pick up, my hand looks good, I pick that thing up every <laughs> single time. So, we got our blue figured oh, out. It's this, okay. It's one of the smaller colors, right? Our other small color, red. What are we going to do with red? Seems because pretty hard. If you're not playing the door combo, there's not very many good red zeros is the other problem. Yeah. Um, so anybody who's played the standby deck probably is aware of the fact that the red zeros are not super great. 
Um, there's a couple notable ones that you can play. Um, we have the drop salvage that when its damage is canceled, returns to your hand. Sometimes that all happens at once and it's very good, very good. So you drop salvage, you pick up a, a piece that you need and then your two or three or whatever is canceled and then it bounces back to your hand. Fantastic. We just plussed in a, in a pretty nice way for nothing. Yeah, we accept. <laughs> we take those. Um, what else do we have? We have Ang Fire Bending Accident. Um, we can use that um, to pick up specific pieces by, um, you know, you kill it and discard a card to pick up something else. That's that's a very normal mechanic. Uh, we also have the Salvage Ricky, um, yep. which is a, essentially a, a four deck speed card. Yeah. Um, yeah. That... Nope. Mill three, pick one, put in your clog, yeah. salvage guy. And it also has scry or mill on play for power. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um, we get to move four cards, which is great. Uh, between this and the blue card and the brainstorm, this deck feels like it has plenty of deck speed. Warp speed. Yes, speed. it goes very fast. But uh, this is a totally fine card. Some, it's mostly three k, and it gets you a piece that you need, or and it can force you to level up, which is very good. Oh, one other piece about the blue Aang that I forgot to mention. The other reason this card is so good for this deck. It swaps the bottom card of your clock with another card. So, the color setup. We got it. Yeah. Like, whatever you <laughs> didn't get, if your level up situation was scuffed or whatever, you can fix it. You just need to take a little damage. And then you got it. No problem. There you go. So, we've now, got... I, I do notice earlier you said we're going to have some amount of choice climaxes. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be four? Well, because it turns out you don't need it until you're level three, which leaves us some room ah. to add some <laughs> high value other cards. You are playing like three or four Climax Swappers. Yeah. And you are playing Bar. Yeah. And we have every color in the game. Right. True. True. So what can we fit in? Well, we can put a Band-Aid on our mid game and we can add some high value red cards by jamming dancing dragons into this thing. Ah, okay. So the rest right. of the red is filled out by dancing dragons and two standbys. Okay. So we're running, the build I'm currently employing is four bar, two standby, two choice. And dancing dragons is the type of card that makes this deck feel better than it should because it keeps the mid game a lot more stable. There are some things... Double downgrade does tend to do that. Yeah, it's double downgrade <laughs> and double two-soul hitters. So when you're playing a fair deck, it does not feel very good if your opponent is playing an unfair deck against you. And so what this card tends to do is flatten out the playing field against Standby, against Alice, against any of these decks that want to field bomb you and beat you up and take control at level two. You just won't let them. So... Because you won't let them, that'll let you stay on the board longer, which lets you respond to them, not the other way around. It gives you room to play anti-level counters. Gives you room to play... And the thing is, is they have to remove this thing. Because if they don't remove it, it downgrades every turn. So even removing one and getting to keep one is an absolute win for, for the Avatar player. Because you know that the board's going to stay relatively stable, which is really important for for your setup because your end game hand is kind of needs to be ang some amount of angs however many angs you can afford and then we need the climax swapper probably we need katara if she's not already on the board we need the choice climax or some climax 
um, to swap it with. And then we need the choice available. So we might need some amount of deck speed. So there is a little bit of setup that goes with this deck. But the other thing is that sometimes you'll RNG into standbys, which can get you Angs, which can get you Kataro, which can get you supports that can keep the Dancing Dragon board alive. You know, it, there's a lot of things you can pick up off of the standby when it randomly happens that are just very nice value. And if the game is going in a way where you can't afford the Dancing Dragon or you don't want the Dancing Dragon because it's not useful, your deck, your opponent's deck isn't leaning into it or whatever, or maybe they just cleared the entire waiting room and then downgrade isn't going to do anything, then you just don't play it. Like, you just don't put it down. Put down the Katara Healer. Put down whatever you need to put down to keep the game going. Because at the end of the day... Um, it does have a bit of reach, and it's better to have a good Aang setup than it is to try and force something in the mid-game that's going to hurt your Aang setup. Because ultimately, what we're trying to do is master elements, and the only way we can do that is getting the perfect Aang setup. So, that's, that's the way it plays. Now, we've talked about all the things that, uh, or I've talked about all the things that I like about this deck. What do we not like here? Why is this deck not good? Let's talk about that really quick. True. So, um, the community is not high on this deck. And most of the tier lists that I have seen are not high on this deck. And there's a couple reasons why they would say that. And probably one of the more uh, obvious reasons is um, it can fall flat. So, if you don't get Katara and you have to mill four, if you don't get enough Angs, if you don't get the choice climax, obviously those are things that can happen to every deck. But the thing that happens to this deck in specific is if you reveal the wrong cards off the mill. Now, if you reveal the wrong cards off the mill and it just falls completely flat, that's obviously very bad. Um, in my experience, that should not happen unless you've made some mistakes earlier in the game that have led to that point. Or perhaps the deck is not constructed in, a, in, the, in an optimal way. Or I, you are extremely unlucky. Yes, it would require extreme unluck at that point. Um, but that can happen, right? Can happen. So, so falling flat, right? That's that's the worst thing that can happen. Even the shovel, even if you only get two, two is not great. Because shoveling in two is not enough to win most games. Unless your opponent's already at three and they're willing to just eat. Um, then maybe it is. Um, second thing. Obviously, we need to balance the colors in the deck. What that? What does that mean? That means that we can't just swap cards for other cards. It's very hard to build this deck. It's very hard to practice this deck. It's very hard to determine what you should take in and out of this deck. Because answering a specific problem that you have... Like, for example... Um, I found in a lot of games that I would like to have a counter at level 1. Because Toph gets power from Axe, and the level 1 um, Iroh counter, which mm -hmm. is yellow, yeah. would be very useful to have. Yeah. But adding that card would require me to do one of two things. One, I have to take out a yellow card to keep the color balance even. Or two, I have to take out a different card, and then I harm the color balance of the deck. And the more you finagle with the color balance of the deck, the less stable it becomes. So, right now, I think the lowest count of any color I have is 9. And that's blue. And so, you have to keep all the colors relatively balanced because you do not want to get into a situation where the shuffle 2 cannot fix it. Like, there literally is not any of a certain color in the, in the, in the waiting room. You definitely do not want to get into those kind of situations because you're, you're going to harm the reliability of the finisher. 
So you'd have to really delicately balance the build. And that usually means giving up on cards that are reasonable, that you would want in a deck, but you just can't afford it from a color perspective. The other thing. The standby sort of puts a band-aid on this, but not really, because there's only two of them, and the chance of you getting a bunch of them is, like, very little. I'm happy to get one a game. Um, this finisher does cost money to pull off, and the setup for it also costs money to pull off. I mean, you know, let's say you got a Climax swap, and then play three Aangs, so that's seven stock. And then one on attack. And then one on attack, so now that's eight stock yeah you know so, that's a pretty penny yeah so eight stock is a lot especially because dancing dragons cost stock or katara cost stock or some of your deck movement cost stock the jc cost stock um so you're paying some money throughout the game it's not like you can just bank yeah right? you don't have the luxury of playing the game for free and you don't have the luxury of generating gross amounts of resources because while running more choice climaxes could net you more stock in the long run the other thing that's worth talking about is if you don't have Dancing Dragon and you have something else in that in those slots, um, you're going to have less high-level cards to even put into stock in the first place. This deck is not very top-heavy. It's very bottom-heavy. Mm -hmm. And so adding Dancing Dragon gives you something that you can choice into the stock more reliably and say, okay, well, that's I don't need this anymore, or I'm not going to need this anymore, or I can pay this out with Dancing Dragon to get value and set it up. So... You do need a lot of money to pull this off. That being said, those things, if they happen in concert, will make the whole deck feel very bad. If you struggle to put together a board, if you struggle to get the resources together, if the, re the finisher falls completely flat, then the deck feels totally useless. And I mean, uh, like you were saying, it's just like trying to pick at problems requires you to look at your color balance real hard. There's a 1-0 that I think it's on ag. Gets it's like user ML. You get to check top if it's a one or higher, jam it into the stock. Hey, there's some money, but it's green. Yeah. And can it's we, like can once, we jam more green? Right, <laughs> and that's the biggest problem is like when you're looking at the slots, you have to pay close attention to the fact that no one color can be too dominant. But at the same time there must be balance yeah and but the reality is is that if you think about the end game of the way this deck plays it's going to have a lot of yellow cards on the board because we're going to have a bunch of angs on the board and we're going to have the and we're going to have yellow cards pulled out of the deck we're going to have the choice climax probably we're going to have the climax swapper probably so we're taking a lot of yellow cards out of the deck in the end game but we need to have enough yellow cards that we can shove back into the deck with the reshuffle or we need to run enough yellow cards in general to actually produce yellow cards on the mill. So I love this deck from a deck building perspective because there will be someone who wins a regional with this deck. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Somewhere, someone is going to win with this deck. Or at the very least, they're going to get top four. And... The reality is, is that that person will have to have played this deck a hundred thousand times and no two builds of this deck will be identical because there are a zillion ways to approach it. And it's a lot more fun, in my opinion, from a deck building perspective, when Bushiroad puts something in front of you and is like, okay, figure out how to make this work in a way that feels winnable, as opposed to some other decks that definitely exist let's hypothetically call it 
Alice or Nino. <laughs> where hypothetically, hypothetically, if you had a deck named Alice or Nino, uh huh, from an anime, hypothetically, where forty cards of the deck built themselves, right? Because they're obviously the strongest cards. Uh huh. And there's not any real thinking to do, except for the last ten cards. We need to massage those for the meta. That's it. That's not as fun from a deck building perspective. And I feel that some of the skill expression in Weiss that comes from deck building is removed when the deck is so obvious. And there are some very obvious decks out there where most of the skill of, of playing it comes from the pilot, where it's like, the same people win in Weiss over and over again because they're the most skilled Weiss players. It's not, don't get confused. It's not luck. It's not anything else. It's the fact that they're better. They play the deck better. That's how it is. The same guy won two different rumbles with the exact same deck that a hundred other people were piloting. And it's because he was better, period. That's it. And so if, if there's two components to winning events, which is building good decks and then playing them well, Mm -hmm. Removing one of those is obvious, an obvious way to, to cut down on the things you need to do right to win a regional. But I like it a lot more when we get these opportunities that there's a deck that it doesn't have an obvious way to build it. It's like, if you want to make this thing work, it definitely can win you a regional. Right. But you got to play it perfect and you have to build it perfect. And that's a lot of fun to me. So I've been having a ton of fun with, with trying to master the elements. Though I definitely feel that picture with Aang where, like, he punches a rock. <laughs> it's like, yep, that's yeah. definitely me. That's you. All right. So um, I'll post a link to the current version of this deck that I'm playing um, because... Hey, you can put it on your Bushi Navi account. Yes, I will put it on my Bushi Navi account, and I will link it in the YouTube description uh, for this podcast so that you too can try to master the elements. Please do not consider this to be a canon build of any kind. Please feel free to change this however you feel like you need to to adjust for the play patterns that you're seeing. There is no right way to build this. This is the way that I have it currently. If you see me at a regional and I'm piloting this and you see that it's you're different. You're going to pilot this at a regional? No. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I said, if you see me at a regional piloting right, this, right? right? That's right. all hypothetical, uh -huh. but don't tempt me. <laughs> and it's different than the way it looks uh -huh. in the Encore decks. Please do not flame it. This deck is undergoing many changes. And that's how it is. But I, I, yeah. Try to master the elements. It's a lot of fun. Try to master the elements. And so, that is our show for the day. So, tune in next time after your next deck out. And don't you forget to take the refresh point. Mm -hmm.